morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a New Day. You're listening to 1180 WFYL. Tim Liebig in the studio this morning. We're so glad that you're with us. And this morning, it is time for Biblically Speaking. I am joined by my friend, Ken Souter. Good morning, Ken. How are you? Good morning, brother. Tim, doing just fantastic this morning. How are you? Fantastic as well. Always, always happy to be with you and uh, always happy to be speaking biblically. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I enjoy the Bible. I enjoy talking about it. And um, we're going to have an interesting topic this morning. Yep. Well, you know what? It's getting to be Christmas time. And uh, I like uh, like your idea talking about some of the carols. Yeah, we're going to talk about the post-millennial nature of Christmas carols. Now, don't get too hung up on the post-millennial nature of Christmas carols, but it's something that you really should know as you look at these carols. Um, and what is post-millennialism, you may ask? Well, post-millennialism is something that was very, very popular in the church 200 years ago, 150 years ago, but has uh, pretty much, well, I should say, uh, fallen by the wayside in many respects. But what it really is, it's an eschatological position that says the kingdom of God is now being extended in the world through preaching of the gospel and the saving work of the Holy Spirit in the hearts of individuals. And it says that the world will eventually be Christianized and the return of Christ is to occur at the close of the long period of righteousness and peace, commonly called the millennium. That millennium is found in Revelation chapter 20. It mentions 1,000 years. And so that's really the heart of my talk today. And then, of course, we'll just get into the idea that uh, there's a lot of theology in our hymns. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we just kind of uh, sing them. And, and today, many times, I don't even use the words. They just use the, the melody. But... Um, so I'd like to really get kicked off here with this with a quote from R.J. Rushdoony in his book, uh, Institutes of Biblical Law. He points out that the joyful news of the birth of Christ is the restoration of man to his original calling with the assurance mm. of victory. This mm. has long been celebrated in Christmas carols. The cultural mandate, that is the fulfilling of the dominion mandate found in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and the Great Commission, found in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and postmillennialism is either explicit or implicit in Christmas carols. Uh, so in a nutshell, it's an optimistic view of the success of the gospel in the world in converting most, but not all, of the world is where Christianity is the norm, not the exception. So mm. the expectation of victory of the gospel of Jesus Christ in time and in history is perhaps no more clearly expressed than our traditional you know, Christmas carols that we sing every year. Uh, but we have stopped to ponder their meaning. Um, yet today, many Christians are pretty pessimistic, I would say, about the future of the world, the success of the gospel in transforming men and nations and have succumbed to, in recent times, end times theology that is full of doom and gloom. The world's getting worse. No use to trying to save it. Just hunker down, wait for the great escape, the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> but And in the meantime... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. In the meantime, what are we supposed to do, right? Uh, is that what the Bible teaches? I say no. It teaches what our Christian 
Christmas carols teach us joy to the world the Lord has come. Why the joy? Why the joy? Well, we're going to get into that. And I'm also asking, going to talk about this morning, the optimistic and joyous nature of these carols in terms of Christ coming to this world and the hope it gives all of us for the world and time in history. If you read some of the, the lyrics of those psalms, mm. they're very amazing. I mean, it's just, it, this, this all started with me. I, I'm reading a book called Heaven Misplaced by, uh, uh, um, oh, losing the, the thought of the memory of uh, who wrote it, Doug Wilson, okay? Excellent Wilson, book. Okay. You ought to pick that book up and read it. Heaven Misplaced by Doug Wilson. And he says in there, we ought to just, you know, re sing these carols every day because they really teach a theology that we need to hear. One common reason for believing that as the world grows worse and worse, it heralds only one response from God, and that's judgment and most probably the end of the world. That's where we're at today. Most people, if you say, you know, bad news is happening, well, that's a sure sign that we're at the end and God's going to judge the world soon. Um is especially uh, is especially when we see the very real presence of evil in our midst and the ever abounding evidence of sin and moral de decay. Uh, you know, confronted by this evidence, it is often supposed that the only work left for God is judgment. Yet, the history of revivals and spiritual awakenings of Christianity teach us that often precisely the opposite has been true. In fact, there have been many who even in the midst of prevailing evil have formed the opposite conviction. And one of the ones I'd like to highlight today is a man by the name of Henry W. Longfellow. And he's a devout Christian and he's also known as America's poet. Mm. Longfellow reflected on the dark days of the civil war. He just lost his wife in a cooking fire, which is a very real hazard when women wore long and hoop skirts and cooked over an open fire, as was the custom in his day. Um, and his dearly beloved son, Charles, had left to fight for the Union without consulting him. So he was kind of in a dark state there. And he had just received a letter from the front lines that Charles had been seriously wounded, filled with the deepest grief and uncertain of the future. He sat contemplating God's promises. And he wrote something, a, a hymn called Christmas Bells. And um, mm. there's one line in here. I'm going to read it, but there's one line I really want to focus on, and that's the last stanza there. But let me just read this. Now, you got to understand, this is in the midst of the darkest day of his life in the Civil War. Every reason to be pessimistic. Every reason to think that, you know, God's forsaken him and the world. Let's just see what he says here. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And though how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till mm. ringing, singing on its way, the world revolted from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed month, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head 
There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And this is the, the, the stanza that really hit me. The, the final stanza here says, Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. I can almost, uh, touches me here. God is not dead, mm. nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, on earth goodwill to men. Think mm. about that. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. In the midst of all that, you're thinking that way? Do you believe that? I do. Worldwide. I do because it's it's the word. Yes. It's, it's written in the word. It's it's either we're going to believe what we see or what God says. Okay. Uh, worldwide peace does not come as we all respect. Worldwide peace does not come as we all respect one another's humanity, but as we are renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how it can, can happen. Mm. So in the midst of a civil war, the hope of this Christian man remained optimistic and positive. Why? Because the wrong shall fail and the right prevail. Christ has successfully crushed the head of the serpent, I must remind you. This is what mm -hmm. the scriptures teach. He is a defeated foe. He is not winning. He is losing. He is losing ground every day. Every person that comes to Christ is another one that he's lost. And let me tell you, it's come. there's thousands of people saved every year uh, throughout the world. So Christ has successfully crushed the head of the serpent. And what that means is that Satan has been defeated, progressively losing his power over this world as Christ puts the rulers of this world under his subjection, being made his very footstool. And you can read about that in 1 Corinthians 15, 25 and 26, verses 25 and 26. So that's my first one, brother. What do you think? Well, you know, I love it because when we, the, the first thing that we have to remember, and, and this is certainly the best time for us to talk about it, is because so many people are, are brought up and raised with, with these hymns in their heart. They, they've, they're memorized. Mm -hmm. and, and the problem with memorizing hymns, we've, you know, these, they call them Christmas carols that, that we were raised with, is that we really just recite them. It's kind of like the Lord's Prayer. We recite these things. We know the words. We recite them. But do we really listen to them? You just gave us a great opportunity, Ken, to to hear the words that are behind the song. And when you hear the stories that are behind the words, that he was in the darkest part of his life. Um, and when he wrote this, it all starts to take a new meaning. And, and like you said, you said the same thing I was about to say is that 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 last that last stanza, uh, those words are beautiful and, and they can really choke you up when you think about it. You know, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Mm. You know, it, those words are so so critical in this world today and if you just sing them quickly and you know standing on somebody's front lawn you're, you're you might miss the meaning you might miss the meaning yeah no it's it's uh it, it's beautiful and um you know the reason I, I i brought this up this time well first of all it's very appropriate the time we're in and you always you know seize the opportunity uh 
for this that hopefully this will uh, resonate with with some people but uh, we've become very pessimistic and you know we mm-hmm. look at these scriptures of what God says is he's done and what he's going to do uh, in the world today um, I believe a lot of the promises of the Old Testament are being fulfilled today and mm. um, you know we are seeing a resurgence in many parts of the world of especially in uh, Africa and especially in uh, South America and uh, and and China and and some of the Far East nations um, you know all the things that are going on there we're seeing a turning to God I really believe that and the devil would like nothing more than us to believe that it's just the opposite, that we are on the losing side. This is a, a great battle that we're in. Mm. And, um, you know, the scriptures give us a lot of things that are very clear about the fact that, that Christ is reigning right now. And that's what these hymns are teaching us. So these carols are showing us. And we're going to get into uh, some others here as we have time. But um, it, it's just it's 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 really incredible to uh, think now. A lot of people will say, well, oh, look how bad things are out there. You know, what 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 are you saying? Things are going to get better and better. Well, think about the promises that God made to Sarah and Abraham, right? Mm-hmm, that you're going to mm-hmm. have a child. And not only that, you're going to you're going to have so many offspring. It's going to be more than the sand in the sea or, or sand on the seashore that you can count. And mm-hmm. what was Sarah's response? Laugh, right? It's impossible. I'm old. That's right ain't gonna happen you know yeah so that's kind of the god that we serve is a god that does amazing things and he does them slowly too he doesn't do them quickly okay so you know over time would you say the world is better now than it was you know a thousand years ago um you know would you rather be living under nero in the roman empire as the early christians uh suffered tremendous persecution there um you know, we don't suffer that kind of persecution anymore. Uh, in terms of wars, there's wars, but, you know, I did a little study today, and actually in the last 20 or 30 years, it has not, the we have not had the major wars that we've had back in World War One and World War Two, and the casualties have come down significantly. So I just want to believe that when God says that, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men to men, um, you know, I believe he can do that. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen, and I don't have all the answers, but I'm a post-millennialist, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> I believe well, that the the golden age of Christ's reign on earth will happen before he comes back. And and the, the, thing that, the thing that we all have to remember is God doesn't change. He never has. He never will. Mm. He always wants what he has always wanted, and that is for his believers to be filled with joy and and you're absolutely right um and i'm not just talking about oh how did your day go today it was fine i mean there's happiness there's moments but remember happiness is fleeting and the moments are are just moments but when you're filled with the joy of the lord and filled with the joy of of jesus christ that that is an eternity and you look at everything a little bit differently. And it's, that's one of the reasons that we're looking at these hymns. We're looking at the words because when you break it down and you start looking at what, what God has uh, offered through the, the people that wrote these hymns and, and wrote these poems, those are gifts from God. 
they these these people put a pen to paper but those are all god's gifts mm. so we're learning so much from them and we can live with them whether they were written back in 1820 or or whether they're written today yeah no uh, one of one of my favorite events every year and it's becoming less and less popular with many people and i'm not sure exactly why it's but uh, to attend handel's messiah um, mm. which is to me is like a spiritual high like no other high <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. if you know the fact that this whole entire work is based on scripture which they don't even tell you that anymore the first time i no. went to see it i thought oh this is pretty neat who wrote it well god wrote it <laughs> from beginning god to end it. it's yeah. nothing but scripture it goes from the old testament promises of the coming messiah to the arrival of the incarnation of christ which is an amazing miracle in itself and it goes forward into the um, the kingdom as it spreads over the earth and the glory of God. And, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing. And, um, you know, so there's, what I'm saying is that these hymns are filled with optimism about the kingdom of God and his, uh, his Christ and what he will do. Revelation 19, 15 and 16. And it says, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he Mm. shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings and lord of lords he is now smiting the nations with the word of God in other words if they uh, submit and bow the knee to Jesus Christ as they all will eventually they will survive and prosper if they don't they will fail hmm. so this is then how peace on earth will be realized it will not necessarily come by means of the united nations or any other human peace agency but it will be realized by means of god's kingdom government and we are now living at the time when this bible prophecy will be fulfilled quote in the days of these kings the god of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be brought to ruin and the kingdom itself will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. And it itself will stand to times indefinite. And that's from Daniel 2.44. Hmm. And then one more verse here before we uh, close out this particular um, hymn that we're talking about, or this carol that we're talking about. In Psalm 46, 8 and 9, it says this, Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in his fire. Mm. Henry Longfellow. Beautiful words. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to maybe take a look now at another... uh, carol and this is joy to the world a very popular one i think we were kind of talking about this before we went on air um based on psalm 98 96 11 and 12 and genesis 3 17 and 18 uh was first published in 1719 uh in watt's collection the psalms of david imitated in the language of the new testament applied to the christian state and worship um 
The paraphrase is Watts' Christological interpretation. Consequently, he does not emphasize with equal weight the various themes of Psalm 98. But in stanzas 1 and 2, Watts writes of heaven and earth rejoicing at the coming of the king. Mm-hmm. And um, interlude that depends more on Watts' interpretation than the psalm text, stanza 3 speaks of Christ's blessings extending victoriously over the realm of sin and the cheerful, of course, repetition of the non-psalm phrase, uh, far as the curse is found, has caused this stanza to be omitted from some hymnals, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, that's a little strange, but uh, that's true. Uh, but the line makes joyful sense when we understand from the New Testament eyes through which Watts interprets the psalm. And stanza four celebrates Christ's rule over the nations. The nations are called to celebrate because God's faithfulness to the house of Israel has brought salvation to the world. Mm-hmm. Salvation to the world. Joy to the world. Verse one. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing. So this is speaking of the promised Messiah that goes back way back to Genesis 3 that God would provide a solution to the problem of sin and that was a he was son was going to come and crush the head of the serpent, which is what Christ has done when he died on the cross. God promised that through the seed, that is the descendants of Eve, would come one who would crush the head of Satan. This is the first promise of a savior and the first great act of God's grace after our tragic act of rebellion. That is God has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ. This is called what's called the incarnation. The great joy of Christmas is inseparably bound with the miracle of his incarnation. It is the most joyous event of all time. It was the uniting of the Son of God with the Son of Man. God and man, two separate natures, but one person. Nothing could be more clearly documented in the scriptures than the fact that the principal purpose of the incarnation was to save men from their sins. Amen. Notice both heaven and nature sing. This is taken from Psalm 98, where the seas roar and the floods clap their hands. That's so interesting to me. That's not just peoples and instruments, but it's actually nature itself. R.J. Rushduni said that the incarnation marks the beginning of a movement which will be a mighty reversal of all things. The king has come, and all his enemies shall be dispossessed. Wow, I love that. And you know, this Ken, this really speaks to uh, what we talk about a lot is um, the Lord is reigning today. This Amen. is not something that, that we hope for in the future. Yes. This is something that's happening today. And this carol makes that point very, very clear when it says that joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's today. That's now. Right. That's, and, you know, that is at the time of Christmas that we celebrate when Jesus was born so long ago in that in that little manger. That was the beginning of his reign on earth. And he reigns today. Well, 
that's my point. <laughs> this whole yeah. thing is, is, and you know, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I think that that is the one thing that if we could get Christians to understand that, that we can't hear it enough, Ken. That, yeah, exactly. And you know, Christ is ruling and reigning over this universe right now and, and things look like they're out of hand. No, everything is totally going according to his plan. Um, are you telling me that, that things are happening and he can't control them? No. Absolutely not. And his plan is to redeem all the elect that he has chosen from the foundation of the world. And when that happens, the end of the world will be here, but not until then. And uh, as the world, do you think the world would get better or worse as there's, if there's more Christians in it? And theoretically, it should get better, right? I mean, that should get better. Absolutely. You know, better neighbors, better whatever. And, you know, if you think about the West, the whole entire Western world, it's basically a world that has been Christianized. And you see the effects of that all over. Um, you know, we have so many charities. We have so many people that are willing to give of their own um, in many various ways. Well, that comes from the leavening influence, I believe, of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our country and in other parts of the world, wherever it goes. You see that kind of thing happening which is absolutely just right. a wonderful, wonderful thing. So we, we take that for advantage, I think, every day. We kind of just go about, but my goodness, go go to some other countries where Christ is not known and Christ is not proclaimed. Um, it's, it's not fun. This is an amazing country we live in, and I give it all the credit to the gospel of Christ and its influence in our nation. Now, we're losing it, uh, but we still hold on to, I think, some of the benefits of that, but... It may not always be that way, but I think we're still feeling the effects of that. Amen. Couldn't agree more. And, and you know, the, the third line of this uh, Christmas carol that we all sing and everybody knows, but this is the one that really hits home for me in, in the uh, joy to the world is let every heart prepare him room. Mm. Let every heart prepare him room. That means we must accept him mm -hmm. we must accept him and it, it's written that that even the people that knew him didn't accept him we must prepare him room in our hearts so that the holy spirit can live within us and walk with us and we are able then to share the light of the lord with everybody that we meet mm. and we can carry christmas with us every single day and and so we should yeah uh, absolutely and and what a what a tremendous um blessing it is to um be able to do that um verse two joy to the world the savior reigns let men their songs employ while fields and flocks rocks hills and plains repeat the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy do you think he gets he wants you to repeat the sounding joy. <laughs> the Savior I think he wants us to repeat the sounding joy. It's interesting. He says the Savior reigns. Uh, he's not just a Savior. He's a king. Okay. Savior is a That's king. Right. And what good is a Savior who has no power? Isaiah tells us that the government shall rest upon his shoulder and that the increase of his government, there shall be no end. No end. Jesus is reigning now, as we've said but not in some future millennium, which is what I would say 98% of the people believe that today. 
The millennial yeah. reign of Christ is coming at some point after the rapture and after the seven-year tribulation and this and that. And then, then Christ is going to come and he's going to rule and reign on the earth. I just don't see that, my friend. I just don't see it. I see it in, oh, notes in the side, you know, uh, sides of the Bible, uh, you know, in the, in the margin notes, I see it. Um, you know, maybe there's some commentary in some of these Bibles. I, I don't see it as I just read the scriptures itself. It's hard for me to see that. Um, and it's increasing over the earth. There are some 28 references in the New Testament that Christ is now seated at the right hand of God as David's son, as predicted in Psalm 110. Um, and then that'll happen until he makes his enemies his footstool. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 3, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow far far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. And how far is that curse found? It's found pretty widely. It's all over the world. It infected every one of us. At the When, when Adam and Eve sinned, that sin curse came upon the world, even nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the ground was cursed and, you know, women were... Uh, feeling the, the effects of that in childbearing as well. So, um, you know, stanza three speaks of Christ's blessings extending victoriously over the realm of sin, the cheerful repetition of the phase far as the curse is found has caused this stanza, as I said before, to be omitted from some hymnals, but the line makes joyful sense when we understand from the New Testament eyes through which Watts interprets the psalm. The curse upon the earth began in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God's word, thus bringing a curse upon themselves, which was death and the entire creation, sorrow and childbearing and sweating and working. You sweat a lot when you work. Well, not so much anymore, but you know what I mean. It's always a hassle. There's always something. It's not fun. <laughs> there is a curse to work. Work isn't bad mm-hmm. itself. It's just that it, it does have its its curses to it. There are all its challenges. As its challenges, but uh, as an atom all die, in Christ shall all be made alive. Hallelujah. Christ's coming and his dying on the cross is the best news ever because it reverses the curse that we could not escape from. Think about Mm -hmm. that. We could not escape from it if this wouldn't have happened. Um, And this explains why the world is such a mess and, you know, there's death and sorrow. It really wasn't supposed to be that way, but God so loved the world as we know from his word. And we wouldn't know this any other way except from his word. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As you know, it's very popular that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is die, but have everlasting life. God's love for us was the reason God sent his only begotten son to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, never. No wonder, joy to the world. Every time we say, God bless you, it should remind us that the curse has been reversed and blessing is restored. Hmm. God bless you. Mm. Amen. So, anyway, um, verse 4, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. So this is, you know, go ahead. Tim. Yeah, you th- think about, I was just going to say that, you know, you think about the the wonders of his love. Um, God loves us so much 
that not only did he send his son to die for us to 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 protect us from sin and death uh, but he loved us so much that he he finds favor with us and and he wants us to live in joy but more than that like like he told Mary you know do not be afraid mm-hmm. and there are so many people so many people today that are living in fear fear of all sorts of things internal fears external fears but god has made it very clear uh, that his love the wonders of his love is that we can live lives without fear fear not is written in his word 365 times i don't think that's by an accident Hmm. (laughs) yeah and um i think Fear is a big problem, right? I mean, for most of us, I, I know for myself, when I look at the news and I see what's happening and I, I think, my goodness, you know, what's going on? Is, that, is God in charge? <laughs> I'm afraid for what's happening. You know, a lot of people will say, I'm not going to bring any children into this world because look at look at it, look at the world. I would never bring a child into this kind of world. It's a fear. And again, that's not, you know, what we are called to. We're called to a, a sound mind and uh and no fear, really, um, as Christians. And the reason we can be fearless, I believe, is because we know from God's inerrant word what he tells us concerning his plan for this world. And uh, hallelujah, it's it's going to come to pass. And um, I think really what the problem today a lot of times is people just don't believe. I mean, they, they, they rely more on their, their senses and they see things, they mm-hmm. feel things, they, you know, and 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 so it's called walking by faith and not by sight. And actually, they're walking by sight and not by faith. But um, right. you know, you just for me, I I just try to believe what God says. I mean, it sounds impossible that this world could be a place where it's mainly Christianized. It's not going to be perfect. Not everyone's going to be a Christian. But I think nations and could very well um, turn to the Lord. Um, I see. I saw a video a really cool video on YouTube um, where the nation of Poland uh, came out to the streets and proclaimed that they are as a nation following Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now that is just astounding, but yet we should not be um, shocked by that. I I think those are the kind of things we want to be looking for. But, uh, mm-hmm. look, you know, look up that video. That is just a tremendous video. It's about a 10-minute video. It looks like millions of people were out in the streets. It's never really been on the mainstream media. Um, but thank God for YouTube because you can see things that, you know, that maybe they don't want you to see. But That's um, amazing. I will I will definitely check it out. You see, you see that happening all around. You really do. Um, and like you said, mainstream media is not going to show you that. Um, I was having a conversation with my wife. You know, it's a, it's about the truth. Well, where do you go for the truth? Uh, you know, it's important to go for the find the facts. And you know, we have we have that book of facts, that book of truth, and it's called the Holy Bible. And anything that you're anything that you're witnessing and anything that you're experiencing or anything that you're learning, anything that you hear, 
Is it, can you back it up with scripture? And if you can't, then disregard it. You really need to disregard it. You need to back it up with the truth. Yep. Amen. Amen. So, um, yeah, so here we are. And then let's maybe look at another one here. This is a very good one here. It's, um, goes, it's uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Have you ever heard of that one? <laughs> I think so. I think I have. Yeah. Hark. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, and uh, the summary of this one is, you, you know, you almost get the impression that the angel of the Lord had had to tell somebody what had just happened. And, the, the you know, the shepherds were the only ones still up. And uh, when the angel was joined in the refrain by a multitude of the heavenly hosts, um, they were all singing about the most glorious thing that God had ever done for our sorry world. Um, so hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem mm. Christ by highest heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home, rise the woman's conquering seed, notice the victory, the, the conquering seed bruise in us the serpent's head now display thy saving power ruined nature now restore not in the future now restore now in mystic union join thine to ours and ours to thine adam's likeness lord efface stamp thine image in its place second adam from above reinstate us in thy love let us thee, thou lost, regain thee the life, the inner man. O oh, to all thyself impart, formed in each believing heart. Hail hmm. the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness, S-U-N. Light and life to all he brings, rising with healing in his wings. Mile he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Boy, there's a lot of theology in that. Amen. Beautiful. Amen. Born to give them second birth. Mm -hmm. He tells us that if we're going to follow him, we need to be born again. Yes, and, and um, you know, again, this is a, a tremendous gift to mankind. And, um, you know, if you're listening today and you say, well, what does this mean to be born again? I've read those lyrics before, those, those, mm -hmm. those um, yeah, those lyrics. Um, well, you know, being born again is something that we find in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, now this was a very religious man. He says, uh, to, to Nicodemus 
who who would have been like somebody who went through seminary and you know was well schooled in all the scriptures and uh he came to Jesus at night and Jesus said to him truly truly I say unto you unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God so it's not more it's not just head knowledge it's not just being a religious person you know garbed in religious attire or whatever and it you know, it doesn't depend on that this whole thing is that, that Jesus Christ came to this world he paid for the sins of his people that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life that is the mm. good news of the gospel it is available to all who will turn to him by faith and put their trust in him and repent of their sins um, this is the real reason for this season and it unfortunately gets well blocked out a lot I would say but I did want to get that out before the end of the show for sure for if you're listening and you don't know that you're born again I want you to contact the station here and call me or, or Tim and uh, we would be more than happy to show you how you can be born again um, but um, yeah so good news good news good news and you know it's it's probably good for us to uh, take a moment here and and you just made a very good point a reminder you know where it, it is that time of the season when um, many Christians are filled with joy and excitement um, but then there's also a lot of people that this is a very difficult time, mm. and we recognize that. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, there, there's, uh, and it may not be. Now, unfortunately, just recently, um, uh, we, we just had a, a, a death in our, uh, in our brotherhood. One of our, one of our uh, faithful uh, passed away last Sunday, and, oh. and his funeral was yesterday, oh. and uh, I know he's sitting with Christ. Uh, in in our company, uh, we learned over the weekend a young man uh, died of a heart attack. Uh, one of our one of our peers. So um, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now, and um, th it happens at this time of year. So you know, it's it's great to be able to spend some time, rather than feeling low, to open up open up a hymnal, open up these words. Uh, look up the lyrics and remember how much God loves you. But uh, if if you want us to pray for you, we would absolutely love to pray for you. If you have mm. a prayer concern, um, we're biblically speaking. Please mm. send an email to info at 1180wfyl.com and just put on there biblically speaking or Ken Souter or Tim Liebig. We'd be happy mm. Uh, to say a prayer for you. We'd be happy to say a prayer with you if you give us your contact information. Um, and, you know, we hope that everybody has a joyous, joyous holiday season. And uh, we want to be filled with joy. You know, born to raise the sons of earth. That's that's what Jesus came for. Amen. Amen. Couldn't have said yeah. it any better. Um yeah, so let's look at another one. Um, I want to make sure I get the one here that... Uh, uh, yes, okay. So this is the one that's written by Sears. Christmas, so it came upon a midnight clear. Ha uh -huh. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, you know, and people can't... People, I don't know if people can see this, if, if we're doing the video or not, but 
I've got this wonderful book of the complete book of hymns, inspiring stories of about 600 hymns and praise songs. Uh, what a wonderful book that, that all of these hymns are in that we're talking about. Gives a little bit of the history of it, gives the lyrics, and and talks about where they came from and, and what they mean. And uh, You get an opportunity. That That's a great book. You can get it on Amazon, used right now, and it's it's not very expensive. It's a big book. takes a lot of space on your <laughs> on Yeah, your that, I can but, see it. It's uh, it's kind of a fat one there, isn't it? It's a, it is. It is. You know, I'm so it's glad a, that, uh, well, we I, we attend a church that, that basically sings hymns and psalms, you know, and we don't we don't do praise. And, you know, praise is fine. I think you're driving around and I often will listen to praise songs and so forth. But um, there's a tremendous amount of um, richness in the hymnody that has been given to the church. And, uh, you know, just to, to read those words as you're as you're singing them and meditate upon them is uh, is really amazing. Uh, that uh, we can have such a wonderful uh, thing to, to fall back on. I mean, and, and for the most part, they're all very scriptural, and uh, that's that's great. So it came upon a midnight clear. I don't know if we have enough time here. Yeah, we've got about 15 minutes here. It came upon the midnight clear, the glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on earth, and that's a theme you see all the time. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. From heaven's all-gracious king, the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Mm. Still through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats all over, over all the weary world. Above mm. its sad and lowly plains they bend on hovering wing, and ever over its babble sounds the blessed angels sing. Yet with the woes of sin and strife, the world has suffered long beneath the heavenly strain have rolled 2,000 years of wrong. Mm -hmm. And man at war with man hears not the tidings which they bring. Oh, hush the noise, ye men of strife, and hear the angels sing. O oh, ye beneath life's crushing load, whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow. Look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing. Oh, rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing. For lo, the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old. When the ever-circling years shall come, the time foretold. Mm. When peace shall over all the earth the ancient splendors fling and the whole world give back the song which now the angels sing. Mm. I think that line yeah, the, there talks about uh, when prophets seen of old, when the ever-circling years shall come, the time foretold. There is coming uh -huh. a time, and I believe that it is going to be uh, before the return of Christ, and that's my post-millennial view. I, I know it seems awfully hard, but I, I, I think if you just took a honest assessment of the, how the world looks today versus you know 2,000 years ago, uh, on many many levels uh, there's no there's no longer slavery um, you know there's there's women's have a lot more rights than ever uh, women have been elevated uh, through Christianity and uh, so as you can just point to a many many things um, that the world is a lot better and I believe it's because of the gospel of Christ and its influence in the world 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it, it's not just the gospel of, of Christ, but it's people are starting to, I think more and more people are starting to read it and starting to live it. Um, you know, the other thing uh, we were talking about, you know, looking at these lyrics and things, um, just kind of reminded me to would encourage you to spend some alone time um, and, and what I call alone time with God. Now, what is that? Come on, Tim, alone time with God. <laughs> you, it, it, I mean, pe people, uh, we, you've heard me talk about retreats. We go to men's retreats and things. We spend a lot of time alone with God. And what does that mean? Well, when, when you, when you unplug, uh, you, you got one of these, one of these bricks that you carry around, one of these telephones you carry around mm. and you're constantly connected to family. You're constantly connected to friends, to work, all those sorts of things. Can you turn it off? Can you turn it off and put it in a drawer? Boy, it's tough to do. Uh, but if, if you do that and you, you just go out into the woods, drive to the local park, go somewhere close by and, and spend time alone and just say nothing may and then perhaps pray mm -hmm. even though it's not out loud but the more time you can spend alone with god and just thank him and praise him and you're there you're able to talk about it you're you know you lived through that horrible thing that you were looking at last year last month or last week or yesterday you're still here. He's brought you through it. And it, we we need to give him praise. And most most of all, we need to thank him for his son. Mm. Amen. Alone time. Yeah, no, it's uh, very biblical to do that. We live in a, such a crazy world that, um, you know, in fact, Christmas is, it. what's ironic about it is it's, like the busiest time in the world, you don't even have time to think about anything. You're just thinking about the next thing on your list and you got to do this yeah. and you got to do that and you got to get the cookies out and you got to get the cards written and you got to, you know, really not much time, <laughs> unfortunately, to really uh, spend time thinking about these hymns and, and really what they mean. So I hope that, you know, you will find some time to do that this, this season and uh, reflect on the fact of the incarnation and what a tremendous thing there's you know what what god did in his son is 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 just the most amazing i mean if you think about how great his incarnation was all of time revolves around the birth of christ you know before christ and after mm. christ it's uh it's a world-shaking monumental event it's not just some another religion it's not just some fairy tale of of something that we hope for and wish for it's real really something happened when christ died on the cross and was raised up he's seated at the right hand of god the father right now ruling and reigning over the nations and he's uh you know he's putting his enemies all his enemies under his footstool so that the last enemy mm. that shall be defeated will be death and that will be the end of the world when he resurrects everyone and the judge judges mm. the, the wicked and, and the righteous will re receive eternal life, resurrected bodies, and the world will be judged. So that's that's basically what really happened. And it's uh, it's really neat. It's really neat. I, I'm so glad that, 
even in my later life now I'm starting to finally learn some things that I never really do before but but God has been opening up so many things to me and I, I just feel like I'm living more abundantly now than ever just tremendous you know it's 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 wonderful that I'm glad you mentioned that Ken because uh, we we've mentioned this before and it's so just so important for for you to remember folks that um, it's it's never too late it's never too late to take God's hand and let him lead you through the rest of your life never too late uh, I found out after after walking away from him and losing my faith and blaming all the horrible things in my life on him he waited for me and he was very patient and he was very gracious and I think of the story of the prodigal son and and friends of mine that said Tim you're the, you're the prodigal son and God took me back with open arms he wrapped me in his robe of righteousness and that can be anybody that's listening today. If you're in a situation where, well, you know, it's too late. I've done things in my life. I, you know, God could never forgive me of these things. Well, we've got news for you. And, and Ken, I know you'll agree. God is there. He's ready. He's waiting with open arms to, to draw you in and to love you and to, to just share his son with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, the Bible makes it very clear that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, well, I'm not good enough. Um, that's not the point. You're not supposed to make yourself good enough. You're supposed to repent and believe. Repent means to turn around and think differently about your life and about the truth. Instead of being a rebel against God, surrender your life to Christ. Get on your knees and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I am a miserable person. I'm not anything that I ever expected I would be. Look where I'm at. And, you know, the devil wants to take you down. He wants you to, you know, he's, he, like, he's, he, he steals, he robs, he kills. And if your life is a mess, you're under the power and influence of the, of the devil. And you can get out from underneath that. Christ is a savior, a great savior. I'm a great sinner, but he's a great savior. Hallelujah. So, you know, be encouraged. Amen. And again, as Brother Tim here has said, reach out to us at the station. We're very approachable. I would love more than anything else to correspond with you if you're listening to this show today and you say, look, I, I'm, I'm awfully lonely this time of year. Things are a mess. Uh, I see a lot of things happening. I was over in, in Germany for a year or two in the military, and I can, know, I can tell you what it's like being away from home during Christmas. It was painful in fact i i still to this day remember going to a the mess hall to eat my turkey dinner on christmas day on a table but nobody else was there and then they were playing christmas carols over the loudspeakers and i was just bawling i mean i just i just couldn't stand it <laughs> i just i used to say oh man i was just like it was so i know i know i've been there you know and and but god rescued me praise god and i'm so thankful for that um so uh, what I'd like to do maybe is uh, close out with a, a beautiful um, couple of verses from Psalm, I'm, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 2. And um, just leave that with you to meditate upon. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll hopefully see you next time. But anyway, uh, Isaiah chapter 2, verse, verses 2, 3, 4, and 5. No, 2, 3, and 4. It says this, and it shall come to pass 
in the last days, and we are now in the last days. The last days are from from the uh, from the resurrection of Christ until the end of the world. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. (coughs) And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. That's a very great postmillennial verse that gives us great encouragement and mm-hmm. hope of what is ahead in this earth. Um, thanks to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross. Any final remarks there, brother? Well, Ken, I, I think it would just be great if... if uh, We'll, we'll uh, mention our email address again, and Ken, maybe you could close us in prayer. But folks, our email address is info at 1180wfyl.com. Again, that's info at 1180wfyl.com. So drop us a line. Send us a prayer request. Um, if you'd like us to pray with you, pray for you, please, mm-hmm. we'd be happy to do that. And um, Ken, maybe you could just close us out in prayer tonight. Yeah, I would, I would be more than, more than happy Today. to do that. Oh, our Heavenly Father, how we thank Thee, O Lord, for the greatness of what You have done in the incarnation of Your Son. Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, and the government shall be upon His shoulders, and the increase of His government. There shall be no end, Lord. Those are tremendous words, tremendous words of promise to us who live on this earth, Lord. Your Son came to destroy the works of the devil. And he has successfully done it. He has said, it is finished when he was raised, when he when he died on the cross. It is finished. And what he meant was that the devil has been conquered once and for all, Lord. Thank you so much that you have given us so great a salvation. And we pray, Lord, that you will bring many into your kingdom as they hear this message today. They will seek out the word of God and find hope in these wonderful promises. We pray all this in your wonderful matchless name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Brother Ken. And all right, uh, brother, folks, we'll... thank you for listening. You you are listening to Biblically Speaking on 1180 WFYL. Tim Liebig and Ken Satter, we're signing off for now. We'll see you the next time. Amen.